0: We may not be able to prepare the future for our children, but we can prepare our children for the future. This is a quote by Franklin Roosevelt, and I believe in it completely. Hello and welcome to my podcast, Unapologetically KK. I have here with me Dr. Andrea Tassato, who's a clinical psychologist with the American Center Psychiatry and Neurology. Hello, Dr. Andrea.
1: Hi, good morning. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming here. To, to talk to my listeners and tell us about the impact of social media on our children. We're here to discuss the dangers. Obviously, there are um, certain things that we, we can't ignore. It's a part of our lives. But it does have some severe impact on our children that I don't think the parents are aware of in terms of the severity of what can happen. And we don't want to wait until it happens to, to you know, do something about it. So can you please tell us? What really has social media done to our lives and our children's lives?
1: But definitely social media carry also a very, let's say, important, positive uh, aspect because uh, allow people to be in touch much better than we were before. Right. And nowadays, if someone, for example, is living their own country for uh, working abroad, yes, uh, feels much closer to his friends, his family than, uh, than he could feel maybe 50, 60 years ago.
0: That's right.
1: Uh, saying that, uh, it's true that uh, nowadays social media could also uh, represent a big danger, in my opinion, uh, especially for children and teenagers, because uh, it's a middle that could be uh, very easily go out uh, of of control. Right. Because by itself, it's an addictive instrument. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, we
0: all do it. And I think what happens is as parents, when we tell our children to stop, we don't realize that you know, we are have to stop first before they can stop because we shouldn't be on our phones all the time yeah. and then tell our kids, well, you can't use yours.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, uh, one of my, one of my um, area of interest is working with autistic children. I can tell you that, for example, uh, iPad is one of the instruments that is used the most uh, as a enforcement because uh, we are kind of sure that any child like it. Because it's uh, it, it's very much uh, it's very much attractive and very much addictive. Uh, one thing that made me concern a little bit is that nowadays almost every school or most of the schools, I would say, is uh, living behind the classic paper. Uh, right.
0: Yeah. Electronic. You know? Yeah. Schools and, uh, have gone
1: electronic. And they electronic. provided uh, they provide electronic instruments for for um, children to learn. And then in some way, obviously, th- this is not their purpose, but. Uh, unfortunately, they reinforce the addiction of, of, uh, of children because they provide the instrument of addiction even at school. Exactly. And then, and then uh, uh, children spend maybe uh, 20 hours a day, 18 hours a day attached to these.
0: That's true. This well, what, are, what my research shows is that the impact of social media on our children has increased levels of depression, anxiety, poor sleep quality, dissatisfaction with body image, cyberbullying, and of course, formal, which is the fear of missing out. If I'm not there, I'm not cool enough, I have to be there. So is this true? Does this really have that much of a negative impact on our kids?
1: Ma, let's say we are speaking about an abuse of the instrument, because uh, like anything, if it's, uh, if it's used with uh, moderation... Right. Uh, doesn't, doesn't carry this kind of uh, huge side effects. The problem is that uh, a lot of children now, because parents be- became, be- became also busier and busier, and then they have le- less time to dedicate to their children, and then children, they are left alone um, most of the time, and then they, they occupy their time uh, using these instruments, and then they become addicted, and then the addiction could uh, uh, surely lead to this kind of, uh, of problems. In adults also, eh? we, uh, adults that uh, overuse the internet, they can uh, um, they can face uh, difficulties in sleeping, uh, increase of blood pressure, uh, anxiety, um, there, there are there are many side effects uh, related to an abuse of these uh, electronic instruments.
0: But we all think, that we are not addicted and this won't happen to us. Even though we have glaring statistics, we are constantly reading articles in the newspaper that saying that, you know, we don't know how bad this can get. Our kids are the first generation that have had access to an electronic equipment from a very young age. When I was young, there were no computers, there were no mobile phones. You know, my kids at the age of 18 months knew how to use an iPhone, at least just even before they knew how to read, they knew how to flick it, they knew, you know, which icon played the music. And, And they had access to this. So is it true that we still don't know the real effects and we're still constantly studying and people are not really becoming aware of how dangerous this is. N-
1: not only w- I think that we are a little bit behind uh, in um, relating to the studies, but uh, it's also true that some studies could clash with the interest that could go much, uh, uh, you know, behind uh, uh, the interest uh, of uh, keeping our children healthy. And then, uh, you know, that uh, every time there is a clash of interests, it's very much difficult to uh, understand uh, if something is really negative or not. Because, uh, because uh, maybe some studies could be promoted despite other ones or, uh, you know, uh, it's very difficult to...
0: So we are still finding out. We still don't, even though we know it's dangerous, we still don't know how dangerous it is and how much worse it can get.
1: My, uh, yes, and I, I, in my opinion, without waiting for official studies uh, saying yes or saying no, it's uh, enough to see the result with the common sense that any parent uh, have. We, we can see nowadays children uh, going out together, and instead of playing together, uh, staying uh, each uh, of them uh, by themselves uh, uh, playing with the mobile. And then uh, this is not healthy. I mean, I, I, Absolutely i think that we can clearly see the thing because uh, consider that a human being is a social being no there was a
0: um, yes. ancient
1: philosophers already were saying that no yes and then um, an abuse of social media uh, instead of uh, uh, promoting the socialization of kids uh, inhibited and, it does
0: uh, inhibit it you are saying that it does have so that that really is my next question is that have our kids lost the art of face-to-face communication because I feel that they find it easier to communicate via messenger. uh, And, you know, it's literally constant uh, messaging. They're talking to each other. They're laughing with their LOLs and, you know, all of their jargon. But face-to-face, they they clamp up. They're not speaking. They're not communicating to each other. Is this true?
1: Yes, I agree. Without overgeneralizing, but uh, definitely I... I think it's a social problem that uh, should not be ignored uh, any longer because uh, could uh, uh, create a big problem in, uh, in the long run.
0: Okay, so what can the parents do? I mean, we want to give our kids the privacy... And we want to trust them to make the right decisions. We have to teach them that, that you are capable of making the right decisions. You should know the difference between right and wrong, safe and, and unsafe. So you also want to protect them. You know How do you do that as a parent?
1: First of all, uh, we must uh, recognize that there are two kinds of dangers involved uh, in uh, uh, being exposed to social medias or, or uh, internet in general. Uh, one of the dangers is the quantity of the exposures, and, and then it means how long uh, you stay uh, attached the to device. the computer on the device. And um, another danger is, uh, let's say, what do you what do you do while you are attached uh, while you are attached to to internet? What, what do you see? Uh, where do you indulge your attention? Also, this could be another another danger that uh, is also a little bit uh, out of control right uh, here where where we live uh, we are we are lucky enough that uh, uh, government in some way uh, provide a certain level of uh, of uh, filtering for which uh, we know that uh, a certain kind of uh, of uh, topics and uh, a kind of images um, at least uh, uh, d- don't reach uh, the eyes of our children so easily Right. like in other, in other countries. But it's also true that nowadays I have to make a Google preview. Yes. And, and even a, a, a six-year-old child could uh, um, come to see images that could really shock him and uh, and uh, traumatize him. Then there is also this problem. Uh, I don't think that parents as a single individuals can do much in order to uh, control this thing because definitely... Uh, not allowing the child to um, to access uh, those devices, um, let's say, could uh, lead to a, a discrimination of the child uh,
0: At
1: himself, because yeah. uh, there is also a kind of peer pressure. Then, if uh, in a certain classroom, t- twenty children have uh, the iPad, has the iPhone, and he doesn't have even a mobile, he will be bullied because of, because it's different. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I think that uh, this definitely it's an issue that should be uh, should be faced uh, in a kind of collective way. We we need to make grow the collective awareness of the danger of the of the thing, and uh, and people should uh, uh, ask for a different. Uh, I would say. Different way to study. Yes,
0: yes. yes. And not make it so part of their daily life because I know that my son says, I need a laptop computer. And I was like, no, why do you need it in school? You're there for eight hours and I don't want you to have a laptop in school. And as soon as you come back from school, you want your phone and then you want the TV. And, you know, there is just no stopping you being in front of an electronic device. And, uh, you know, obviously we have to stay with the times, like you're saying, you know, we can't just tell our kids you can't have something because that makes them want it even more. And you are going to find that you've created this 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 desire in them. And the minute that they are in college and they're out of, you know, your, your home or your control, they're going to do it to a point where it could make them even sicker exactly.
1: consider that uh, all the companies that uh, operate uh, in, uh, in uh, on internet they 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 try to maximize the possibility that you get hooked to to internet because they don't think uh, with the ethical parameters they think in order of generating money making business and then um, this kind of approach to the instrument uh, carries carries a lot of of dangers involved because uh, uh, for for example there is one thing that is called tolerance to the stimulus it means that uh, if you are exposed for a certain time uh, to a certain stimulus uh, after a little bit you become used no yes. and, and this stimulus l- loses the uh, the attractiveness no right and then what they do uh, the entertainment uh, companies that work on on the internet they always raise the 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 stick of the stimulus that they provide in order to keep you hooked
0: Yes, no? yes. They, they become t- better and better so you get you want more. Better and, and it's better easily but also accessible. yes,
1: better and better but I would say also sometimes sh- shocking and more shocking because okay, for, for example I understand. if you yes. if you see I don't know, uh, thrillers of, of the 70s and, and thrillers nowadays. Uh, now there is much more cruelty. You see brains exposed, arms chopped. Before, you, you, you will not see this kind of things. You will right. just see a guy shooting a guy, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yes. Same thing for, for pornography, same thing for horror, horror movies. There, there is a, a, a constant increase of the, of the level of stimulus that is provided to the consumer in order to keep him hooked but right. the price that that the consumer pays for being hooked is also being shocked sometimes. and yes. if there are some stimulus that can shock an adult till the point that that uh, they keep him hooked imagine how can shock a child
0: yes that yes. doesn't
1: have the critical mind that doesn't have the instruments to differentiate from fiction to reality, from healthy sexuality, from what it is not. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big issue. And um, some years ago, for example, Iceland, you know. Yes. In Iceland, people themselves, they said, we don't want porn anymore, for example. Right. we want to be free from that and yes. then um, those country in in, the, in that country they, they spontaneously decided to eliminate this kind of threat from their life and this is fantastic because it means that there there is a collective awareness of the danger of the of the risks that this kind of thing uh, carry with the, with it. Right, And it's much better a a thing like that, that eventually uh, hoping for external filters or or things like that, because only a collective awareness can protect our children uh, nowadays, I, I think. Yes.
0: So what you're saying is that we are not shocked so easily nowadays because we see so much. And our children from a very young age are seeing violence in their games, on TV, in movies. And so in order for them to be shocked, because they're obviously becoming desensitized to that violence. It's not a big deal if people get chopped into half or they see blood or they see, you know, any kind of violence. Um, and and to, to shock them, what people are doing is they're adding more and more and they're going further and further. and And we've become used to this it doesn't seem out of the ordinary if your child you know is playing a violent game for example because it's just become the norm now and and have we reached critical levels though i mean as parents you're saying that it's difficult for us to isolate our child and not give them an instrument and you know that will have adverse effect for them when they go to school with their friends but then what is the solution? What can we do? Can we speak to them? Can we? Is there a way, some tools that a parent can use to help their child get out of this addiction slowly?
1: Ma, uh, you know, I think that our, our responsibility is to protect children, to then in some way also to think for them and act for them up to a certain level. Then more than uh, ask for their uh, Collaboration and and uh, and because it's very difficult. Imagine it's difficult to face an addiction for an adult. Imagine how difficult it is for a child.
0: Absolutely, to resist
1: a temptation for a child is it's almost impossible. Right. Um, because uh, children, as it, as it is right, as it is right, because um, being uh, innocent beings, they just react to, to stimulus. If if they like something, they they go for it. They they, yeah. they don't have filters, no. And then uh, one of the responsibilities of the adults is to uh, protect children from external stimulus that could harm them, them despite, uh, let's say, or because of their attitude. Mm? Mm-hmm. But we don't want to modify the attitude of our kids. We don't want to responsabilize our kids as if they were 40 years old if they are eight. Yeah, they
0: don't know better. And I think what what they're going to say to us when they grow up, and if this gets out of hand, is you were the adult, I wasn't. You should have done something about it.
1: Exactly. And then then I think that more than speaking with a child, uh, nowadays becoming more and more useful speaking among us. And let's say and as adults, uh, finding um, a solution for this thing, understanding that this thing... Um, if, if used properly, could be a fantastic instrument of uh, communication, uh, interaction, helping to make the world uh, smaller and uh, to make people closer to each other. But uh, if used wrong or only for business purposes, it yes. could really create uh, damages to, to, to our kids. And then we should pretend that, uh, that uh, an, an ethical adjustment of the middle, I would say.
0: Right, uh, so I have a statistic here which says sixty percent of people using social media have reported that it has impacted their self esteem in a very negative way is this This is a high statistic. sixty percent are saying that they are negatively affected by what they see on their social feeds.
1: It could be first of all because uh, because uh, a lot of pictures that you could see on uh, on Photoshop or Instagrams of, of girls or, or 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 also boys nowadays yeah? before uh, before the Photoshop was more uh, related to female models but now also also males fake they are uh, uh, abs and, and, uh, yes. you know, the, the, and then the, the the image that that was uh, arrives to the child is very much unrealistic and then when you compare for example uh, his smile, uh, to the fake smile of the average uh, Hollywood actor, uh, he will get, uh, he will get uh, affected. Plus, plus mm, uh, through social media, people sometimes feel authorized to express the worst part of themselves because there is a screen that protects them. Mm-hmm. And then they really write any comment they want. They, they are much more aggressive toward you than what uh, they could be In in real life, if you had a normal conversation with someone, for example, you know, now it's very common. You see on Facebook, if you you post something that someone else doesn't agree, after the second comment, there is already the insult or the the verbal aggression. While maybe if you could have the same conversation with this guy, sit on a cafe, maybe... Face to
0: face, yeah. You just feel you're protected by that screen. So you feel like you can say whatever you want and you almost don't treat that person as a human being you just feel that because they have a public feed you have the right to say whatever you want because if they don't want to hear your opinion they shouldn't have a public photo yes yes yeah, yeah. and you know that is something that obviously is becoming trolling is is a huge issue uh, with kids putting things up and getting negative feedback how does that affect them psychologically
1: uh, they could they could affect them because uh, uh, again they are they are exposed uh, uh, out of control of, of the possibility of being bullied of being criticized them criticized uh, they are exposed to be even eventually approached by people that should not approach them because you see nowadays uh, there is for example a very uh, trendy video games, uh, shooting video games that uh, created yes. a big level of addiction in uh, in children and teenager. And for example, you can play this game alone, but you can play this game online. And then when you play this game online, you play you play this game with uh, headphones and and with people uh, speaking with you. Yes. And and uh, how parents can be sure of the age. Or the, 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 the of ethic... Of the other person. Or, or the other person, yes. you know? Yes,
0: you don't know who your uh, children you, are interacting exactly. with. Exactly,
1: you don't know who your children is interacting with. This, uh,
0: and that is, a, that is a big problem, and I just feel like, you know, you need to, as a parent, keep talking to your kids. Um, because if you don't, then, you know, you don't know what's happening. And I feel like dealing with a teenager, my son is 14 now, um, they automatically, obviously, their psychology, their physiology is changing. So there are so many confusing, conflicting thoughts going on in their mind, and they're trying to find their place in the world. And and as a parent, I think, if you don't have that conversation with them, you're just going to miss all the signs that they might be needing some help, they might be going through something that they can't share with you. But I think if you talk to them, you might be able to pick up on it
1: yes i don't definitely i don't want to underestimate the the positive impact that could have uh, regularly communicating with uh, our children definitely is important uh, it's difficult uh, to it's a little bit unrealistic to hope to have a kind of spontaneous compliance from the kid just speaking with him and and explaining the possible risks related to a certain instrument because uh, uh, there, is the b- there is a bigger uh, peer pressure yes. and there is a big uh, temptation due to the attractiveness of the stimulus. And then it, it's very difficult that the child will say, okay, you know what, I understood that is dangerous, I will stay far from it. Um, it's, it's easier that eventually he will do it uh, in an even more hidden way. Again, I think that uh, as, as parents we should always have a look Ever, ever, ever keep our eyes on on, and, and on on our kids and see what they are doing for example when they play online try to understand uh, from what they say which kind of conversation is going on and by the, the, the conversation is going on we can understand a little bit uh, who our child is speaking with um, and after saying that we should also ask ourselves a little bit if all these things is really, really necessary if right. it's really necessary that our child uh, is sit on a chair playing a video game together with the guy that uh, is sit uh, on the other side of the world, maybe it's not necessary. Maybe that they, they are making us believe that is something cool, but uh, maybe for, for us and for our kids it would be better if the child go out and play. But on how a bike. do you
0: get them to do that? What, that is the question every parent is asking. How do you get your child away from an electronic device out into the playground?
1: I would say start being a little bit far yourself from the device because, you know, it's enough that you, uh, I mean, put the eye on a car and you see nine adults on ten driving with a mobile in the end. Yeah, so be the role model. Be the role model. Understand understand that we are in front of a kind of machine that uh, works based on demand. Yes. The more the demand is there, the more the offer is there. Uh, the more the demand is there and get, uh, let's say, uh, used to the stimulus, the more the, ma- the machine will increase the stimulus in order to keep the demand unalterated or even increase it. And then it's enough to roll a little bit in the different direction, ourselves that we have, let's say, more capacity, more uh, um, critical mind, uh, more eventually instruments to refrain our instincts and our our. Um, pulsions than than a child and then doing that uh, we we can uh, escape the the problem or at least uh, we can uh, put pressure on on a certain industry for also taking in consideration the ethical uh, aspect of things that according to me is um, very much left behind in these last 20 years
0: are you aware of anything that's being done at a higher level, at government levels,
1: to decrease this? Yes, I. I but I think that, uh, as I, as I said before, here we are we are kind of lucky. Let's say, definitely, I'm much more. I, I feel less worry living here than if I was living in Europe, where where really there is no filter and the child could access anything anytime. Uh, here there is a, there is a filter that. Uh, and that eventually limit a little bit the damage. You're then, right. Yeah, it's yeah. not
0: so easily accessible as it would be somewhere no. else. No. Yes, no. where and there isn't censorship and, you know, you have access to whatever you want. Yes, and yes. Then the responsibility thing. is on the parent to, to filter everything. Exactly. Here.
1: This is a good thing. Still, the optimum, according to me, should be a kind of uh, uh, awareness growing from, from not coming from up, but arising from down. Right, eh? yeah. uh, Because this uh, is what uh, will take uh, to a real change. Yes, it's it's for
0: us to teach our children rather than wait for people from the top to say, these are the laws and you can't have it. And I I don't see that coming in the near future. And, And are there any therapies available to parents to get their kids to speak to somebody like yourself? And I find that the resistance of the parent or even the child to bring their children to to a clinical psychologist is the stigma attached that something is wrong with them, that they need that intervention now at, you know, a medical level. And, and I think a lot of parents don't want to say that to your kids, that I think you're out of control, I think you know, you're not able to handle it, or even as a parent, I'm not able to handle it at home. I need to take you to somebody who's a specialist. How can we overcome that? Like, how can we help our kids and maybe use a professional?
1: Uh, I think that one uh, good thing could be eventually increase the awareness uh, uh, of parents making maybe um, workshops or lectures or, uh, or uh, collective interventions in the in the schools, for example. Uh, At the beginning of the year, maybe there could be a a meeting with all the parents in which uh, I'll explain the the dangers involved in this kind of uh, with this kind of instruments, with this kind of media. Uh, So I I think that working on the awareness is always the best thing, because if if we work on the awareness of of, uh, of adults, after automatically children will be protected because absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. But it's a collective. And I, and I really like that idea that, you know, have workshops, make people more aware of what is happening with your kids and how bad this is. Because my husband uh, is, is really, really against using electronics all the time. And, and you know, there's there are arguments that we have with our children trying to explain to them that we're going to limit your time. And I feel that the more we say you're not going to have it, the more they want it, obviously. Mm. So limiting it, taking it away, punishing them with it, it's, it's not really a solution. There has to be a better way to do it. There has to be more help that the parents can receive, more conversations, more workshops. And even with the schools, I feel like the kids listen to their teachers a lot more than they would listen to their parent because somehow they believe that yes, okay, my teacher saying this, I have to do it. So yes, getting a school involved might be a great idea at this stage.
1: I, I think so because uh, definitely we want to. We don't want to. In Italy, we, we say we don't want to throw the the child uh, with the with the dirty water. No, we want to throw only the dirty water but save the baby.
0: Absolutely. No?
1: And then it means this instrument could be good, could be could be great. Yes. No social media, internet itself—it's—it's a—it's a way for exchanging information, for for learning. Imagine when, yes. when, when I was a child, uh, to make a research at school, you you should have to go to the library, and maybe you were finding ten lines related to a topic.
0: It, was a, process, yes, it to, was a process, yes, to research a project. And, and absolutely. Now you Google
1: one thing, and you get all the information you want thousands of, of articles and stuff and things, then let's say there are a lot of positive aspects related to the media. Then I think that we should be able to save this part and uh, I, I don't want to even say eliminate the rest, but at least limit the rest. Limit the rest. Limit that the rest. is the solution, yes. Put yes. a kind of uh, ethical frame. Because now there is no there is no ethical frame, if you see. Neither from, um, let's say, neither from the point of view of who is consuming Say, yes. So there is no ethical attention toward the consumer. There is not even uh, so much ethical attention in, in some aspect of the business, in actors that... that um,
0: They don't, don't realize how much influence they're having they over their, their audience. They don't
1: how much influence they, they, they have on, on people, how much negative influence they have on people. They don't realize, eventually, on uh, how much damage they do to themselves.
0: Right, no? right. Reality,
1: there, are, there are a lot of victims of this system and few people that is making a huge amount of money after this problem and then this thing should be limited apparently. yes
0: that's i agree with that because some of again my research shows that the what we've had with social media is higher levels of loneliness envy anxiety depression narcissism And decreased social skill. Of course, we've we've talked about, you know, almost everything. But narcissism is one of the things that that is becoming big with selfies and, you know, everyone wanting to take their own picture. They want to basically have a good picture wherever (laughs) they go. And not focus on having a good time.
1: Yeah, also, empathy is decreasing a lot because of this thing. For example, I remember recently in Italy there was an accident. Uh, there was a, a girl, I think, uh, involved in an accident. She, she hit a tree with a, with a motorbike and she was really severely injured. And, and people, instead of uh, helping her, they were taking pictures to, post to, exactly. to put on social media. I mean, yeah. it means that you completely lost uh, the capacity of empathizing with the other person.
0: And this trend of people going to places, taking pictures of their food, taking pictures of themselves with maybe, you know, the host or or the, the, the place they are at. But it's not really that they're enjoying it. I mean, you don't see them having a good time or socializing or talking to each other because you know that there's a saying that i want to have a good time so i forget to pick
1: up my phone plus often p- people they don't let's say project their uh, real life on social media. exactly a- a- an idealized life no I, I i know for sure also because of my job maybe uh, people close to divorcing yes that after if you if you open their uh, facebook page uh, they seem the most uh, uh, loving couple in the world, you know, posting their vacation and with the hearts and stuff. uh, Yes, uh, but why
0: uh, do people do that? Why do you feel the need in today's day and age to project a life you are not living?
1: It's a good question, but uh, I think that could belong to the fact that uh, maybe if we count how many people could uh, tell themselves that they are really satisfied with their own life. Unfortunately, maybe not so many.
0: But I just feel like if you want to live that life, if you dream of living that life, wouldn't it make sense for you to work towards actually making it happen? Like you're saying, if I take your example of the divorced couple, wouldn't you work on on your relationship with your husband or your wife uh, rather than, you know, almost come to a point of divorce and, but still project a happy marriage. Why, why is there a need to, to project something that is, is fake? I mean, who are you trying to, to show that life to yourself, to someone else? What is society telling us that we need to put up this facade of life and you don't really have to live it?
1: Because it's a shortcut and uh, human beings are very much exposed uh, since always to the temptation of shortcuts. You know, if, if you, uh, I don't know, if you get a uh, headache, no, it's head- I would say in English, headache or headache?
0: Yes, headache.
1: Yes. Headache. No, If you have headache, it's uh, eventually you should uh, understand why you get a headache and maybe do something for facing the thing and not make it come anymore. But nowadays it's much easier to take a pill. No, that uh, and not worry about the why, symptom and not worry about why, and not really treating the root, uh, the cause of the thing. And then let's say, uh, the, definitely facing the problem or, or working hard in order to achieve your your real dreams is the right the right thing. But the the side path, the shortcut, is always a temptation. Uh, addictions, all the addictions, they are a short, they are a shortcut. Smoking, drinking. Uh, taking drugs, let's say, in front of uh, a a certain uh, perceived condition of distress, either we can uh, work to help solve the thing or we can take a shortcut and cover the problem.
0: Sure, but that must be leading to more anxiety, more depression. You know, it's actually making life worse for you, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely, yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely there is. Usually there is no addicted uh, person that uh, end up uh, happy, at least.
0: Yeah, because not dealing with the problem just makes the problem bigger. It doesn't make it go away. Definitely. So what really are you trying to achieve? I mean, you know, why do it? It's it's just such a mystery.
1: Short-term relief.
0: You're absolutely right. So at this point, maybe seeing that image, which is not true, makes them feel better.
1: Yeah, make them feel better. They have a, a positive reminder from... Peers that says, oh, fantastic, eh? and this kind of thing in some way boost their, their confidence and imp- improve their mood for a certain amount of time. And after they need another picture and uh, something else to eventually trigger again the same kind of reaction.
0: So we're basically setting ourselves up into the spiral where you do it once, and it's like when you tell a small white lie, and then you have to tell a bigger lie to cover that one, and then you have to tell another lie to cover that one, and before you know it, you're lying all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Consider that any any like on Facebook, in it's a dispenser of dopamine, and that is the the hormone of uh, happiness, like serotonin. No.
0: Right. Right. And
1: then let's say, in order to get this shot of dopamine, you need to make a certain action that triggers a certain reaction that triggers the production of dopamine in your brain. And this create this kind of...
0: Yeah, feature. because we are measuring our life by the number of likes we get online. We are measuring our popularity, our skills, how good we are or how well respected we are by the number of likes we get. And then when we don't get those likes, we think we're a failure. We don't see ourselves the way we should be seeing ourselves. And this is a big thing for children. I keep coming back to kids because I feel like if the adults are failing at this, I can't imagine the impact it's having on kids
1: you know um, and and uh, the the thing is that you don't always get likes based on things that uh, promote your wellness or make uh, improve uh, your capacity of empathizing with people let's say um, unfortunately you you don't always make get likes based on things that make you become a better person uh, i know i know a person that work for uh, um, let's say let's say in the internet uh, environment and uh, she was she was telling me that uh, all the uh, all the bloggers that are the that are most uh, let's say not all but a lot of bloggers that are very much popular right. and that, they, that 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 are, uh, that are um, that are also helped to improve and increase their popularity. Yes, they don't promote at all ethical stuff or things that could be beneficial for our kids. They promote Botox. They promote. Uh, you know...
0: Perfection.
1: Perfection and... and, and, uh, Which is
0: achieved at a very high cost. It's not real. You are doing these things to yourself to look a certain way. And then obviously, someone watching that is thinking, I will never look like that, which means I'm never going to be considered beautiful or considered... You know, intelligent or successful. Exactly,
1: exactly. No, I, I, again, uh, let's say um, internet. In my opinion, is like a knife. No, you can use a knife to spread the butter on the bread. You can use the knife to cut your throat. Depends. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> the use that. Uh, we decide to make it of the middle.
0: I love that. I, I just want to say thank you so much for for being here, for talking to me, and you know, for for helping me and the listeners navigate through some really difficult times in a parent's life. Again, we're here with Dr. Andrea Tisata, who's a clinical psychologist talking to us about the effects of social media on our kids. Thank you. This is Unapologetically KK. Thank you for listening and speak to you again soon. Thank you very much.